In our message, we will see how Jesus' baptism and genealogy will help you discover who you truly are. Hi, my name is Dan Slofrom, pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you as we continue our Investigating Jesus message series. Right now, we are in the second part of Luke chapter 3, and as we begin, it might help you to know a little bit about the Christian church here. Uh, we know 2024 started January 1st, but the Christian church here usually starts sometime around December 1st. And it starts with the time of Advent, getting ready for Christmas. And then December 25th is, is Christmas. And the Christmas season lasts 12 days. And that's where you get the song, the 12 days of Christmas. And that's the way the Christian church really celebrated Christmas. It, it seems like today we start celebrating Christmas December 1st, that there's this huge buildup. And then it kind of ends abruptly on Christmas Day. But that's not the way that it was. There, there was a 12-day celebration of Christmas and that ended on January 6th with something called Epiphany, the Epiphany season. And Epiphany means appearance. It's the time when God wanted Jesus to be seen by the whole world as the Savior of the world. And during the Epiphany season is where Jesus shows himself. So January 6th, that is always the day of Epiphany and, it, and it's celebrated with the coming of the wise men, which Luke doesn't record. But then in the church here, what the church does is always the Sunday, the Sunday after Epiphany, it's the same reading that they use every year. And that is the baptism of Jesus. Because it's the baptism of Jesus that's really the start of his ministry and a way that God wants the, the world, he says to the world, here he is, here is the Savior, here is the promised one. Uh, find out who he is, listen to him, follow him, he is your Savior. And so today in Luke chapter 3, we're going to see that, that spirit of epiphany, Jesus showing himself as we go into our part 2, uh, where Jesus shows himself to be the promised one who has come into the world. So we go today in Luke chapter 3, beginning with the 21st verse. It, it's a short section, really, a couple verses uh, that Luke uses to tell about Jesus' baptism. And so we read, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Just a couple verses, but these verses are, are very important. And for a number of reasons. So we're going to take a look at this. And the first one, as we look at the baptism of Jesus and, and why he was baptized, is connected to those words from God where he said, This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And where it would have taken the people at that time back to is something called anointing. And anointing was the way that God would let the people know who the promised king would be, 
who the promised priest would be and uh, who the, the promised king would be. I think I said that prophet, priest, and king. Those are the three offices that were anointed. And there was a special anointing oil that had a unique smell to it so that when someone was anointed, uh, they could see it, it was done in public, but also they could smell it. And, and it was a way that God said, this is the one. This is the one who is my choice to hold this very important office. And in Jesus' baptism, we don't have the anointing oil, but we have the water of baptism. When everyone else is coming to repent for the forgiveness of sins, perfect Jesus comes. And instead of it being a baptism of repentance, it is a baptism where God is anointing Jesus, that, that he's showing this is the one who has come. This is the one that, that is going to do my work. And the reason, again, why this is so important is anointed one in the Greek language is translated Christ. Anointed one in the Hebrew is Messiah. And so when we, we talk about Jesus being the Christ, his baptism is the very first time where God makes it known this is the one. This is the one who has come to be your savior. And, and we're going to see why it always had to be Jesus. So first of all, his baptism is anointing. It's the way that God's saying, keep an eye on this guy. But then as we, we look at this, it's also very special because in Jesus' baptism, we see the three persons of the Trinity. As Jesus was being baptized, again, we go back to verse uh, 21, as he was praying, heaven was opened, the Holy Spirit descending on him in bodily form like a dove, and again, the voice of the Father identifying Jesus, you are the Son I love, with you I am well pleased. And once again, for individuals who were reading this, who knew their Old Testament, this would have taken them back and, and it should take us back to creation. Because it was at creation where you have God creating the heavens and the earth and all three persons of, of the Godhead were there. The Father creating the world through his voice through the word. And we're told that Jesus is the word, uh, that everything was made through him. And if you go back in Genesis 1, it also says that the spirit of God was hovering or fluttering, uh, whatever word the translation would use, over the water. And what's interesting about that word is that it's a word hovering over the water, fluttering over the water, is a word that is also used to describe the unique sound that a dove makes when it flies. And for those of us who are in Phoenix, I, I'm telling you, if, if you do this, sit, sit out on your porch at, at nighttime when the doves are flying, and if you shut your eyes, or, or if you even, I like to go dove hunting, if you shut your eyes, you can hear them before you see them. It's a very unique noise, and, and it's that noise that, that God uses to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. It, and it shows a little bit of the, the mystery of it, and it shows that the Spirit kind of moves in a very unique way. And so it makes this connection between baptism, the baptism of Jesus where Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are active in creation, showing that this is, again, the start, the start of, a, of this ministry where the Christ is coming. And, and for all of us, it's a new start. 
and we get to see it right from the beginning. The final point I guess I would make is why Jesus was baptized. As I, as I said, he, uh, he didn't need a baptism of repentance because he had never sinned. And it also is what makes his baptism unique. Everyone else who was baptized, crickets. There, there was no God coming and saying, oh, this person's without sin. This is my son whom I love. No, everyone else who came for a baptism of repentance needed to repent. And they knew it and God knew it as well. But the reason why Jesus was baptized was also part of him being our Savior. That part of the, the, what Jesus did as our Savior, giving his life on the cross, that he also needed to live the perfect life in our place. And in his baptism, what Jesus is doing is fulfilling the righteousness for us. And so now when we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it's as if God is looking at each and every one of us and saying, this is my child, this is my son, this is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. And God is pleased with us because of what Christ has done for us. Uh, one Bible commentator said this, Jesus was not purified in his baptism, but he was baptized to purify all those who would be baptized. And, and again, so it's this, he wasn't purified, he was already pure. But through his baptism, it was so that all of us could be purified, sins washed away through our baptism, through the work of Jesus Christ. So that is this part of baptism. And then the second half of Luke chapter 3 goes into a genealogy. And this would be something where I'm guessing if you were reading the Bible, you would just skip over very quickly. You would look at these, these names and you would say, okay, I don't know any of these names. I don't know how to pronounce them. I'm not going to read them. My encouragement, I'm, I'm not going to read all of them to you today because I think it would also maybe be uh, a little boring for you because you don't know the names and you don't know the people. But I'm going to encourage you to go to the YouVersion Bible app um, I know that's one that we use at Crosswalk, Uversion Bible app, and go to this section. And in Uversion, if you're listening in the NIV or the New Living Translation or a number of other translations, you can listen. That, that as you read, you can also listen. And I encourage you to do that, to go through these names, uh, just to listen to them at least once. And the reason why is, is this, is I want you to think about you getting an ancestry test. I don't know if you've done it. I don't know uh, if, if you would want to do it. But I don't know if you know Ancestry.com was sold for $4 billion in 2020. And the reason why is people care about this. That, that people want to know about their genealogy and their ancestry. And then, because although these names, you look at them and you say, well, they don't make any difference to me, I guarantee your genealogy makes a difference to you. And so you want to know these names. You, you want to look at them and find out. In the Bible, in the Gospels, there are two different genealogies of Jesus. One of them is in the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, it starts with Abraham, goes through David, and ends with Jesus. 
And that genealogy, the reason why it starts there and then ends with Jesus, is to show that Jesus is the promised one who came through Abraham, through David's line, and is the Messiah. He is the king. And when you think of a, a genealogy that goes that way, I want you to think of the monarchy in England. And uh, if you remember with Queen Elizabeth, there, if you remembered of who was going to follow her as the, the next king or the next monarch who would rule, and all of that has to do with genealogies. And, and so they need to be able to go back to find out who the rightful heir is and, and the rightful monarch, the, the rightful one who is going to take the throne. And that was the purpose of Matthew's genealogy, to th show that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the promised one from David. But this genealogy is a different one. This genealogy starts with Jesus and goes backwards. And I think this is the type of an the, the genealogy, the ancestry that you and I are looking for. It's what millions and millions of Americans have done because they want to know their identity. They want to know as they go back who, who my parents, who my great-grandparents are, where do I come from, what does it mean for me, because that's important, I, I care about that. And as we look at this with Jesus, it's given because Luke is showing this truth with the baptism that Jesus is true God. This is the Son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. It shows Jesus' deity. And then following immediately is the origin of Jesus through, through his earthly parent, uh, through Mary, that it goes all the way back to the beginning, to Adam, and ultimately from God. Now, verse 23 says, Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So again, Jesus is, is 30 years old. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathoth, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi. And again, I'm not going to read all of those. But what you're going to see, there, this genealogy, there's a number of speculations about it. And one of them is that this actually might be Joseph's father-in-law, that this goes back on Mary's side because she is the parent of, of Jesus kind of from the earthly sense. It's, it's the Holy Spirit and Mary. And so as you look at that, that's just something to be aware of because in Matthew, it seems to come through Joseph through the family line. So you're going to see that these genealogies are a little bit different. The second thing that I, I would encourage you to do then is as you go through this genealogy, to go down and get to different people that you do recognize. And as you read the Old Testament, and for instance, right now, our, our church is going through a reading plan where we're reading through the whole Bible in a year for those who are interested. And part of that is the Old Testament history. And so some of these people you're going to recognize from the accounts of the Old Testament. And um, for instance, in verse 27, it, it talks about Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. And this is someone who would have been at the time when the children of Israel came back from captivity. If you go down a little bit farther to verse uh, 31 and 32, where it's, 
uh, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz. So now you get into King David and, and you can look at everything about David. And when you look at the, the Obed and the son of Boaz, you can go in the book of Ruth and that's the same person that it's talking about. And so we can match up these genealogies to the stories. Not all of them have a, a story account with it of what exactly happened, but some of them do. Then we go to uh, down to verse 33, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham. And so now we get to the, the patriarchs, the, the fathers of the faith with Abraham and the promises in Genesis that were made to him and to Isaac and to Jacob and, and all of them pointing ahead to the Christ that would come. Going down a little farther in verse 36, the, uh, the son of Shem, the son of Noah. So we, we look at that with Noah going back to the time of the flood. Individuals, people of faith, Methuselah, uh, the oldest known recorded person uh, that's recorded in the Bible is uh, Methuselah, the son of Enoch. Enoch recognized as a, a person of faith who walked with God. And then finally, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Taking us all the way back now, full circle from, from Jesus, his genealogy of, of Jesus, born of Mary, now going back and it's gone full circle, going back the son of God. But, but the point is, is it shows his humanity. And why is this important? Why does this matter? Because it lets us know why Jesus came into the world. He is the Christ. He is the God who, with whom God is well pleased and he's man, son of Mary. And that makes him the savior that we need. We need him to be a man, to live under the law, to die our death. We need him to be the son of God so that his, his life, his perfect life can be given for ours and, and that ransom be paid. And so as you look at this today uh, and, and take a moment, I hope, later to, to go through this genealogy, maybe see how many names you recognize, the final truth is this, is this is also your spiritual genealogy. And what it shows is that through Jesus Christ, through his perfect life, through his innocent suffering and death paid for yours, through his resurrection, you are a child of God. And in that way, this becomes your spiritual genealogy, if you will, looking back at the people of faith who have gone before you to see the faithful God who from generation to generation to generation uh, was faithful to his people. One final, maybe genealogy, I don't know if I would call it that, but list of names that, that I th I'd like you to think of as we close is one that's recorded in the book of Revelation, and that is the, the book of life. And the reason why is because as we go through this, you might not know who Mattathias is, or Josek, or Jonan, or Risa, but God did, and he did not forget. And he hasn't forgotten. Thousands of years later, these are individuals that are known by God. And I'm telling you that your name, yeah, your name through Christ is written in God's book. 
that he does not forget who we are. He remembers that we are his children through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that Jesus came into the world and we thank you that he is the Son of God and the Son of Man, 100% God, 100% man, because that is exactly the Savior that we need. Lord, thank you for anointing him, showing him to be your choice, uh, your choice as the Savior of the world. And, and so through this epiphany season that we can keep our eyes on him as he shows himself again and again to be your son and our Savior. And finally, Lord, as we go from here, uh, help us to remember all the time that we are your child. Uh, we are your children. I am your child. We are your heirs of heaven. And so always help us keep focus forward at what is yet to come. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.